The Lord is good. His, his Lord's presence, his presence makes all the difference in our lives. I know that I have referred to, I think a little bit last Sunday about Moses when he was struggling with the uh, uh, leading the children on. You know, when when he had been on the mount with God and he came back down and found his uh, the people wandering and floundering in sin and they created a calf and began to worship that and um, God had to deal with that Moses God had to deal with the sin and Moses cried before the Lord and interceded and that God would spare the people and God was ready to start over and uh, one man changed the heart of God. Just imagine. You can just imagine. And Moses went on to pray this prayer, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us up from this place, don't even bother taking us. And so when it comes to the, the, the faith walk, when it comes to the Christian uh, lifestyle, we are in desperate need of his presence. And he promises his presence when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You receive the Holy Spirit. And that presence, his presence, is that which will sustain us, will keep us, help us in his word, help us understand truth, guide you through the, through the valleys and the, the, the curves in life's road. That his presence, as long as his presence is with you, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to be with him forever and forever. So we started a little bit of thinking last week on Hebrews 11. We were discussing a bit about the faith, uh, the subject of faith. It's a huge subject, by the way. Faith is a, a huge part of our life when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is where um, we begin, and faith is that uh, also which we must continue in. And so we, we have faith uh, to believe. Sometimes as a childlike faith, that's precious when they believe just because God said it, they believe it. That's how he's called us to walk, because God said it, then it's going to happen. And so sometimes when we get older, we, we are learning to continue. God tests us in our faith. And so we've never been down this road before. We've never been in this predicament before. We've never had this ever happen, this ever health issue or whatever, whatever it may be. But God still remains the same. And he's calling us to walk, continue in faith. Uh, why should I fail him now? Why should I not trust him now? Is the question. He hasn't failed me yet. And we come to Hebrews eleven six. We have a pretty, pretty much a significant passage when it says, without faith it is impossible to please him. And so when you ask the question, if you ask the question, how, what is it that God is pleased with? What is it that God is, is excited over? And he sees your faith. And as small as it may be, Remember, he said, as small as a mustard seed, he operates through faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
because he is a rewarder of those who seek him. How many like rewards? You like to be rewarded? You like a prize or you like something? Your reward is yet to come, even though we are rewarded now in a certain various ways, rise ways. The real reward is to be in his presence forever and forever, to be in heaven, to be with him, to be changed, to be to be made like him. Our body is going to take on a new, a heavenly body someday. And so what encourages your faith today? The Bible says faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. But what other ways does faith, what, what, what ignites our faith? Part of, the, part of the ways that, well, part of the reason we can get ignited and get encouraged is by what God has done in other people. When people testify of what God did, how God helped them. In Roman, uh, Hebrews 11, rather, we, we see a whole list of people. You know, the big guys like Abraham and Noah. You know, like these guys that are sort of famous, like Jacob, like Moses. You go through the list, and then you get down to the last part of the chapter of Hebrews. And verse 36, it says, and others. Their names are not there. Guess what? Their names are not there, but God knows who they are. God knows those who are somewhat seemingly insignificant. They may not have made it into the Hall of Faith chapter, but they've made it into the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They're with him in glory. They suffered through things that would be seemingly impossible. It says they were tortured, they were they were sawn in two. Horrendous things. And it goes on, he says, verse 39, all and all these having gained approval through their faith did not receive what was promised. Listen, what he's saying there. They didn't get to see in their day what they were believing for. But guess what? They got, they're into the promised land. They're into the presence of the Lord. You may never see the total results of your prayer and your faith. <clears throat> it's not like we're trying to gain some kind of approval for God. You know what I mean? We're not trying to somehow outweigh our bad with good. What is it that pleases God? An honest heart willing to admit, I need you. We're not saying we're ever going to be perfect in this world. How many are glad? You're not perfect. You know you're not perfect. <clears throat> Did God ever wait for Moses to get perfect? Moses was a murderer. 
Now, you could try to justify he was in revenge. He had to run for his life, hide out. God uses imperfect people. Guess what? When God uses them, he's not done with them. When God calls us, you're, you're not done yet. <laughs> when God calls you and when your faith caught, guess what? You're just started. Guess what? You and I have just started. You and I are just scratching the surface. You and I have yet to see. No, I, a man hath seen or ear hath heard the things that God is preparing. So when it comes to the word faith, it's so, it's so broad. It's so, it's so in, huge and inclusive. Um, we cannot live the Christian life without it. Your faith is your greatest treasure to Jesus, in Jesus, faith in Jesus. Let me clarify. Faith, we read about the things that it, it is in verse 1, and that's, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of reviewing a bit before we go to the next chapter. It's the assurance of things hoped for. I'm sure Katie was hopeful her car would start this morning. <laughs> did, did she make it? Good job. Good job. Thank you for helping her out, Derek. We don't know. We don't know about tomorrow. We don't know about even today. We don't know when the Lord would call us. Good news is we can be ready. We can be ready for any moment he calls us but to be honest with you I'm never ready for a trial are you are you praying like bring on the trials God I need more faith by the way the way to get more faith is through trials I'm sorry to say that but that's the way it works in order to build muscle what's the athlete have to do he has to train he has to work out he has to build he has to break down muscle before it can build rebuild back out Right? Well, you just got through one trial. Now you're starting another. What is the deal, Lord? Right, Katie? <laughs> it never ends. Why? Why? We wonder why. You know what? We'll, un- we'll always have a certain amount of the unknown that we'll never know here. In fact, I think it's Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to God. But the things he has revealed to us belong to us. There's where our faith kicks in because it comes to a surrendering point. Lord, why? It don't make sense, but I'm going to trust you. Maybe this is an opportunity for you showing yourself. Maybe I'm going to have to back up and say, I can't do any, I can't, I can't, I don't know what to do. Have you had no moments? So we go on from the faith chapter 11. This really ties together because he goes right in. You remember that the Bible was not written with chapters and, you know, original texts. It, just, it was just a letters, letters to be meant to be read thoroughly. So 
Sometimes when you're reading through the Bible, it's not like, well, he stops there and he changes the subject, but that doesn't necessarily that way it works. And so you're, you're reading chapter 11 in Hebrews, now you're right into chapter 12. Therefore, and remember whenever you read a therefore, it's like, oh, that's because of that. Right? So it's like you need to understand why does he say therefore? It's because, because of the people who walk by faith. It's he's like he's going to say now, because they did it, you can do it too. In fact, he says there's such a great cloud, like a they, we have a great host of people, a cloud of witnesses. <clears throat> Some would, I can't say one way or the other. If people can see down from heaven, it would be a God thing. I don't necessarily, I don't know if that happens. I, can, can, I believe it can happen, but I don't think God always shows. It's just me. But this verse it doesn't matter if they can see us. If they can, there's no tears in heaven, right? So it would only be to, to somehow be a glorifying experience in heaven. But that's not the way. I don't think we're to read that verse that way. I, I believe by faith, they, because they live, because of their faith, because of their demonstration, because Noah went out and hammered and sawed day after day after ridicule, and by faith he did never, he never seen it rain, yet he believed God. We have all these people who have gone before us. You see, we can carry it right on. If you have a Christian heritage, if you have a Christian grandmother, grandfather, if you have a Christian parent who passed, you have a heritage. If you have, you have uh, cousins, if you have people, uncles, people who have influenced and encouraged you in their faith, they could be amongst the others who gave themselves who walked the walk and talked the talk, who lived out life with faith. Because there's likened, we're likened, we're running a race in verse 1. It says, supposed to lay aside every encumbrance. If you're going to want to run a race, you're going to run, you're going you're gonna to take off that overcoat, Right? You're going you're gonna to find some good running shoes. You're going to get some good, good stuff. You're going to work out so you can get in shape so that you can run your best. With the Christian walk, with the Christian run, we're not running to beat everybody around us. We're running with the pace God gives to us, a pace. We're running to finish we're running because we're going somewhere. We're going to a place, but we're also not going to run just selfishly, but we're running to also include others to come and run with us. For this race is meant to be a race that includes brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts, moms and dads, sons and daughters, race that we're not 
trying to outdo one another. In fact, what your pace is up to you and God, your pace that you set out to run. Don't get in a trap like I did when I went to Bible school. I said, oh, if I could only be like that pastor, oh, if I could only be like that person who preached a preacher sermon off the off the, you know, home runs. You know, only if I could be like them, then I could be successful. No, 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 no. Right? You can only be like you. Be you. God has made a quality, a uniqueness. Be yourself. But you're going to run together. The good news is Jesus has already run this race. And he comes back with his Holy Spirit to run with you. The Holy Spirit will run with you. Look at these verses. If we only see our weaknesses, if we only see our flaws, if we only look and we say, oh, I can't. Oh, I have this, I have this problem. I have this thing. We begin to falter. We begin to get unfocused. It's easy to get tangled up with the, I can't, I can't, I can't. I, I can, I, I, if I could only be like that, if I could only do that, if I don't have that talent, listen. If you have one thing you can do, it, it would be to believe. Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be saved. You started the race. You're in the race. And God will work on your heart as you surrender day by day. And that's where verse 2 comes in. It's not, it's not a race <clears throat> that we're just going to somehow make it somehow. We're not just going to sort of coast into heaven. But we're going to be, it says, we're made more than conquerors that we have been made victorious, that the church of Jesus Christ is going to be built. Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, the church is going forward, bumping the enemy out. Boom. Taking the enemy out, thwarting his plans. When people get saved, that is a blow to the enemy. We rejoice as the angels in heaven rejoice. If a person gets closer to God, we are excited. Their gain is my gain. If a person gets healed, glory to God. That still happens. And what, what, an, what an encouragement to our faith. Listen. We're not perfect. We're in process. You're in process. Sometimes, if you're like me, you want the process to speed up. Get the job done, right? Why is it taking so long? Why is it that we have to wait? You know, we only have so much time. God is not on a time wheel like you and I are. A thousand years is a day. A day is a thousand years. God is on a different, he is outside of time. Yet he has a timing for everything. It's amazing. 
our, our focus is to be in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus. When we look at Jesus on these verses, we're reflecting on the one who went to a cross. He says he endured the cross. At ver- backing up in that phrase, he says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. There was no joy in the cross. It was bitter, painful, excruciating. It was shameful. It was everything piled upon Jesus, the, the sinless becoming sinful because he took on the sin. How could we say for the joy set before him? I really sense, believe that Jesus could see past the cross and see on the other side of the cross the glory and see on the other side of the cross you and I being set free, you and I being saved from our sins, you and I being healed from our, 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 our afflictions, you and I being in our right mind clothed and in our right mind. You see, the cross was, was, wasn't itself any joy, but seeing past the joy, that is what James talked about. When you have trials, count it all joy. What is he saying? He's looking past the trials because it produces endurance, muscle, spiritual strength. That's endurance in the text of Scripture. I don't like trials. Do you? But I like to get stronger, but I don't like the process. How can you get through the process? The verses that you read, by the way, verse 2, when he says he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God as a place of honor, also means that he finished the work that was necessary for our salvation. He completed it. What was short, what we were coming up short in the Old Testament, the, the law was... It was for the time, but we would always come up short. We always had to have a blood sacrifice. And Jesus, one sacrifice, covers all our sin when we come into him and walk with him. He continues to cleanse us and keep us. He sat down. His blood was the only blood that could take away sin. Old Testament time was blood that covered sin, but it never could take away the sin. Good news, our sins are forgotten. Your sin and my sin is forgotten. Guess what? Devil, God doesn't remember that anymore. And he would like to remind us, who do you think you are? Right? God has come and he took the shame, he took the sin on himself. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become his righteousness. So when we read verse 3, he says, Consider him who has endured. Consider who? Consider Jesus. 
He has endured such hostility by sinners against himself. What he's referring to is the cross, experience leading up to the cross. Before the cross was the scourging process. And many people would die in that process of loss of blood. And the the beating was horrendous. Seems like the Roman soldiers really thought, if we could just kill them, we're going to kill them now. God, seen it all. Look past. Looks past. We've got to learn to keep our, our fix, our eyes. It's hard. When you're in the midst of a battle or a trial, a conflict in life, the only way you can overcome is to see Jesus. Remember when you see Jesus, that he will look to you and he will be there saying, you can do it through me. You will come through me. You will overcome because of my grace. Fixing your eyes upon Jesus, the author, the perfecter. Notice the word perfect, perfect, perfecter. The only way we're made perfect is through he, him, right? The only way we're made, we have to be perfect in order to get into heaven. Who's, how are we going to do that? Jesus. Jesus makes you perfect. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, verse 3, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. One of the things that cause people to fall, uh, fall behind get dis- is the word discouragement. It's lose heart. If the devil can get us to lose heart, he'll get us to, to stop believing Get us to doubt just a little bit. He will, he'll want to work on you. Well, you've got to somehow <clears throat> understand, how are we going to fight that? We have to be in the Word of God. And so when you go to the Word of God, you're, 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 you're using the sword of the Spirit to combat the enemy trying to condemn you. And so we look at these verses and say, Jesus is the one whom I fix my attention upon. If Jesus says he will be with us always, so why should I begin to doubt how things should be? Or why should I begin to become angry at the way things are? I think we're all human, and every one of us, if you're like me, and I know I am, and that comes from my former brother, uh, St. Clarence uh, St. John, our former superintendent. He would say these one-liners that would get you, what? He would say stuff like this. If you're like me, and I know I am, you don't, you're not catching it. You see, God knows you more than you know yourself. God knows you, you, and you. You think you know yourself? You do. But God knows you more than yourself. 
Yet he chooses to believe. He chooses to pluck you out. He chooses to say, there's, a, there's, a, there's someone worth dying for. Wow. What does that make you feel like? And see, it was that, it was that very, very thing right there. Well, I talked to a, he, he quoted to me he was a, formerly an atheist, atheist. He didn't believe. He didn't believe. Yet when he came to the idea that Jesus died for him and on the cross, he didn't know what to do with that. He, he, he thought he could argue, uh, argue with God and win. This is a man I met in a community just last summer. Obviously, he had turned the other way because he had come full circle around and he, he would, he would, we and he and I were just visiting. This was just at a, um, a wedding uh, social event and I had never met the man before. But somehow we got some time going, we get to discuss it. But when he's come to that, when I came to the cross, when I understood what he did on the cross, I couldn't argue with that. How do you argue with a God who gave his life for your, for your sin? How do you argue with that? For God so loved the world. People who are hurt, sometimes been hurt by the church, sometimes been hurt by, uh, have developed this cocoon around them to keep themselves from getting further hurt. There's all kinds of things events that sometimes we've never had control over that hurt people. And they do whatever to find comfort and strength. Look at this verse 3. Look at the verse 3. That you may not grow weary and lose heart. And verse 4 ties right in. You have not resisted to the point of shedding blood and you're striving against sin. What is he saying? No one has ever went through anything like Jesus has went. No one can even come close to what Jesus has went through for us. You have not, you've never, you know, it, as hard as it is, Jesus understands your pain more than you understand your pain. And the good news is he comes and he wants to touch us and put a cloak Put a clothing on us. Give you a new start. Give you a new beginning. To give you a robe of righteousness. I don't deserve this. Why? Because of Jesus. Who tops it all. Who brought it home? Who ran it in? Who finished it? He sealed the deal. And Hebrews describes how that the priest, the Old Testament, had to bring his own offering. The priest, the New Testament, Jesus, became the offering. The difference is this, that only the blood of Jesus and the blessing and the absolute miracle, the gospel should never be 
silk maids are complicated. Listen, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. That's simple. Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. We do not impress God. God is not impressed with our words. If the heart is not where it ought to be. You may not know what to say in your prayer. Sometimes you just need to say, God, I feel this way. I don't, I'm not going to try to be anyone else. Will you help me take it the next step? Can you change me? Maybe I need to change. Maybe God isn't so interested in changing maybe the situation before he's interested in changing you through the situation. I, I wonder. The very thing that we pray for God to take away is God sometimes... Paul said it and asked the Lord to take something out of his life as a thorn in the flesh. But God said, my grace is sufficient for you. I believe in healing. I believe in the miraculous. But I also believe that God is sovereign and he has his way. And so it's surrendering. Don't ever lose heart. Pray for sick. Pray when you're sick. Pray for others when they're sick. Don't give up on that. It is God's will to heal. But there are sometimes situations. It may not be healing. It may be just situations. It may be relational. Many times our world is bogged down by relational hurts, pain that's emotional. It can be very serious when it comes to formulating our opinions about God and who he is. And so much of the world, I think, is to carry around. If God allows this to happen, he allows things to happen, why is so much bad stuff going on? Here's the reason God never... <laughs> he didn't start that. Because of the enemy, the fallen world, we're going to have danger, we're going to have sin but the good news is he's come to overcome. So I, I need to fast forward this, this chapter. I didn't mean to get into this always the way. I don't always stick to my notes completely. <laughs> We've had persons in our congregation who have had joint stuff going on. <clears throat> And isn't it interesting, you're reading the Bible, and he, in verse 12, he goes again, Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. Well, what in the world? How do we, what do we do with this? And read on. And make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. You have to know your limitations. Is, is this common sense? 
God has common sense. God has common sense. There's a limitation to what we can do as a, as as human, as a human being, right? And the older I get, I'm learning the limitations get shorter, or long, whatever. Yeah, we get it gets harder. And so, in our minds, if you're 21 yet in your mind, or 17, but your body is a little older, you have to make adjustments. Right? Think in the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. And make straight paths for your feet so the limb, which is lame, may not be put out of joint, but rather be It takes time for the body to heal. God has already made our bodies to heal. Now, it's okay to pray. And, Lord, we often pray, pray quick in the healing because we want to get back to our business. Right? I don't understand it all, but there's a part here in these verses that seems to be so, so, so practical. Pursue peace with all men. Listen, something's tying together here. So for me to be uh, healthier, my relationships with my brother and sister in the Lord or otherwise, any person, my goal should be to be a peacemaker. Do all I can to not create a problem. Now, I know there's problems that arise you just don't have any control of. God can only help us with that. And he goes on. Don't be bitter. Verse 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness. Friends, I'm going to close with this because you and I, make decisions all the time, right? We're always making decisions. When someone offends you, you have a decision. Take it to the Lord or have a, have a, have a heart-to-heart talk. Be honest. The Bible says if, you, uh, if your brother offends you, you, you know, if it hurts you, you go to them and be honest. Hey, I, I didn't appreciate that. And if they don't listen, then you'll take another brother with you. There's a way to deal with conflict. And by the way, conflict will, is a part of life. Uh, have you learned yet? Uh, conflict will come. But I have a choice in a conflict, either to get angry and bitter or to say, you know what, I, I'm not perfect. I, I, I'm going to look at my heart. I'm going to bring this to God. Lord, well, how, do you, how do I respond to that? What do I do? Help me have your wisdom. That, that really, that's a, that is a real thing. Because what will help us, I think, in our physical is also tied in with our relationships with the Lord and others. The Bible says to owe, owe nothing except to love. Owe no man nothing except to love. The Lord can only help us forgive people sometimes. Only the Lord can help us get over things that have been hurtful. What will stop and stunt your running, will slow you down, is when you've got something on your back, something chewing away on your mind, and it bugs you. And you try to shake it off. You try to shake it off. 
And you know what you need is a heart cleansing time with the Lord. I can't do this in my own strength. I can't. And God says, yes, that's what I want to hear. You can't. And that's where the Lord comes in. He knows right where you're at today. He knows exactly what's going on. You see, God works. My mother used to say this. and I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't remember everything Mom said. She was a, a praying person. But I did remember overhearing her once say on the phone, I don't know who she was talking to, but she says something like this, give God time to work on the other end. What? God is interested in you, but he's also interested in the other person. So if there's a conflict, it takes people, right? So God is looking after the whole whole of the situation. And so we just need the Lord's help when it comes to being able to run the race unhindered. Run the race being focused. You don't have to have all the answers. Isn't that good news? You don't even have to figure out why you feel the way you feel. When the psalmist said, he knows your thoughts from afar off. It's so freeing to know that. It's so freeing to know when you just say, Jesus, I come to you because I need you. I know I, know I need you. I fall short. I mess up. I rely on my own strength too much. And that's why we keep coming to him.